going to look at some of the new unfolding data about how they're working. How are they doing in terms of preventing COVID or reducing death? How efficient this whole thing is actually doing out there. But this is all based on a mathematical model that uh, it's not based on fact, hypothesizes that it actually works. So they realized that in order to get people enthusiastic about taking this vaccine, the best way to do that was to not have a protocol for treatment. It's not just my idea now, it's completely laid out by the book by Dr. Pam Popper, the book recently published by Peter Bregan, uh, COVID-19 and the Global Predators, We Are the Prey. I wrote one of the uh, introductions, Dr. Leafleet and Dr. Vladimir Lysenko wrote the other introductions. These books are basically nonfiction. They have a thousand citations in the Bregan book showing how it was coordinated and planned. And we've talked about cancer, we've talked about myocarditis, we've talked about all these things, but you uh, as an oncologist and you're from Canada have been very focused and, and are sort of bringing this new term, I think, to light, which is turbo cancer. What does that mean? Turbo cancer, it's a recent term. It arose in the public domain and it really describes aggressive cancers that are arising in COVID vaccinated individuals. It's showing up in young people people in their 20s, 30s, 40s. This is something I've never seen before in my career. I've diagnosed probably 20,000 cancer patients in my career. I've never seen cancers behaving like this. Transplant patients, let's take before the COVID era. It was important to have a good understanding, uh, not only of immunology, in other words, how to prevent the body from rejecting an organ or tissue, but also recognizing that when you're giving people drugs to permit the organ to be accepted by the body, so you're reducing the efficacy of the immune system, you have to be very cognizant of infection as well. And it's always a balance of getting the right level of immunosuppression without giving too much that makes the person at risk for infection or the development of cancers. Good evening, everybody. It's Chris here from the Whistle Stop Cafe and the Chris and Carrie Show. And I am joined by my co-host and better looking man, Carrie Lambert. Good evening. Hello, Carrie. everybody. Yes, I am. Uh, I'm also from the Whistle Stop Cafe, but I'm not in the Whistle Stop Cafe. I'm in Calgary, of course. And what a show we've gone on for tonight, an examination with the doctors. And uh, yeah. Chris, do you want to do any introduction or do, should we just bring them right on in? Well, we're starting a little late and everyone's on a time crunch, so we're going to get right into it. But uh, yeah, we, it's I, I don't consider this so much of a show as much as an info session oh, for absolutely. a lot of people who have been asking us questions. We're getting these questions all the time about what's going on, um, what's happening, and how do we deal with it. And so uh, these fine gentlemen have agreed to uh, talk to us tonight and answer some of those questions Excellent. for our guests. So let's bring them on. Good evening, well, gentlemen. Good evening. Good evening. <laughs> so for those of you keeping track, uh, Dr. Modri and Dr. Mackis uh, are unable to join us tonight. 
However, they have said that they will try and join us tomorrow. So we may do uh, a part two on this tomorrow night. So uh, keep watching and uh, we'll let you know what's going to happen later on. So with that, Chris, do you want to lead off? Sure. So uh, thank you, Dr. McCullough, Dr. Ploth, and Dr. Trozzi for joining us tonight. Uh, the reason I asked you to attend this webinar, and we want to do it more of a format as a webinar, as in uh, fielding questions from the viewers. Yeah. I've been getting so many questions and comments about things that are going on. And in particular, I mean, hot topic, right? It gets people canceled, but the vaccine. And I'm not just any vaccine, but the COVID-19 vaccine. Now, people have been asking, you know, what's, what is going on here? They, they say they found some stuff in there, but we don't understand what it is. What do we do about it? What if we've taken it? Um, you know, why isn't this safe and effective drug doing what it was supposed to do? And there's no more COVID and everyone's normal again. And so there's just, there's more questions than there are answers at this time, or so it seems. So I figured what a great uh, opportunity to have have you doctors speak yeah. to this. Yeah. And by all means, we're not editing and we're not uh, censoring anything. So please be <laughs> as forthcoming with the information as you possibly can. <laughs> yeah, we make well, I can crack the ice if you like. Yes. <laughs> I crack the ice. I mean, there's tons of expertise here, so I won't hold the microphone too long. But, you know, the most efficient lie of our times is three words. It's three lies, three words. Safe, effective vaccine. It's mm -hmm. not safe. It's not effective. It's not a vaccine. So, you know, cracking the ice right with there, it, it's, it's a genetic experiment at best, uh, a bioweapon in the assessment of many of us. When you look at the fact that when you know how bad it is and you're still giving it to people, at that point, it's a weapon, even if it wasn't initially, in my opinion. So there's lots of details that we could dive into. Yeah, sure. So now that is a very bold statement saying that, uh, you know, it's going completely against this, the status quo. It's not safe and it's not effective. What evidence do we have to back up that statement? A mountain. Where do you want to start? I mean, every, I, like my colleagues will, will have tons to say on this, and I look forward to it. But we've come to a point where the body count is high enough. I mean, look at Denny Rancourt's work. We and it's it's weeks old, so the numbers up. But a very modest estimate of how many people in the world are dead so far as a direct result of this injection is seventeen million. And it's hundreds of millions of severely injured people. Now, you don't, you don't need to be a math student to figure this out. I speak in little halls and churches and theaters all the time. And a common question I ask is I ask people, okay, I want everybody to put your hand up. If you know somebody in 2020 that got a really bad infectious disease, yeah. got really bad cold and coughing, and they died, they died of COVID-19. If you believe somebody died of COVID-19, you know, put up your hand. And you know what? In 300 people, you will see a hand or two. And yep. you know what? It's sad and it's a bummer because Dr. McCullough and, and, and others, both the other, both of us here, Christoph and I, we've been trying to lead the way on treating it because 85% of those people didn't have to die. And all the people that got sick and felt crappy could have felt very mildly crappy and still built real immunity. Right. But then you ask people the same question. How many people do you know that since the shot rolled out dead, can't move their legs, can't find their way around the house. They got cancer. Their cancer came back. Oh, my God. They got stage four and died really quick. Everybody almost puts a hand up. Yeah. So everybody knows the math. Everybody pretending they don't know that is either totally blinded, which is understandable because we've all been through this psychological abuse for three years. 
But the body counts there in the streets. Everybody's got it in their family and friends. And the data is overwhelming. And and I think, you know, that's just a warm up to the subject. I mean, if, if I may jump in there, I mean, if we go one step further, um, well, uh, Professor Ananides, um, uh, early, that was, I think, already uh, uh, May 2020, could show that uh, 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 if you look at it from an epidemiological point of view, uh, the, the COVID crisis, uh, as it was called, had uh, a case fatality rate of not much more than the normal flu. In fact, we know now that it's very comparable to it. So we had to ask ourselves about all the measures that were taken that we now know were completely inefficient, but yet even increased likelihood of infection of severe disease brought much suffering on many, many scales to, to society. And uh, Peter had already developed a treatment protocol in tw to, uh, 2020 that he published in August, was it August? Or yeah, that was mm -hmm. uh, showed a high efficiency rate of over um, 80 80 percent as, as I remember and uh, we had uh, a wonderful practitioners all over the world uh, um, presenting uh, efficient protocols with several means that had an efficiency rate between 80 and 90 percent and we knew that the people severely affected by the disease were as with any other respiratory virus where the elderly that was um, the average age uh, the death was uh, around 82 with uh, three to six comorbidities so uh, we had to ask ourselves um, why did we had to wait and for the first time in in medical history a doctor was not allowed to treat and had to yeah had to discharge his patients from his own practice and um, let them wait for um, uh, the symptoms to become so severe they had to go to, in hospital where they were treated with uh, not only insufficient but highly dangerous medications. So uh, I guess Peter has a lot to say about that. Even the first year was uh, to me the biggest crime in the story, and that was before the rollout of the vaccine had even started. Mm -hmm. I'm glad you mentioned that because I reached out to Dr. McCullough immediately when I saw what he was doing in the United States. So he's he's yeah. been on the show twice now. Twice, yeah. And and he warned us. He's laid it out right. There's early treatment available. We don't need to go down this path, and this is what's going to happen. So Dr. McCullough, thank you again for joining us. And with what we're seeing, this is what you said was going to happen. <laughs> You're right. The uh, the tragedy was that uh, you know from the very beginning things happened that violated our common sense. So for instance, people who were well without the disease, they were told to lock down. Uh, that violated common sense. Mm -hmm. um, if we use the influenza uh, paradigm, with influenza, we do a rapid test and we have multiple immediate treatments we apply to influenza. So we treat it with antivirals and antibacterial and other uh, a supportive agents and we, you know, we treat influenza and we prevent secondary staphylococcal uh, pneumonia. So, but with this uh, organism, we were told not only by government authorities, but by medical schools, health systems, everybody in a lockstep, we were told not to treat it until it was too late. It was in the hospital and people were dying in the hospital. That violated our common sense. And then we were told the only solution for this was a vaccine. That violated common sense because none of the vaccines uh, are sufficiently effective enough to influence a pandemic. They don't influence influenza. 
pneumococcal pneumonia, Haemophilus influenza B, they, they actually have a relatively meager impact. But we are told the only solution was a vaccine. And then even if we had already had the illness and recovered, we were told to take a vaccine. Yeah. And then if we got the illness again, we were told to take more vaccines right. and then more illness and more vaccines. And, and so, you know, all of this violated our common sense. As we sit here today, it's possible for someone to have gotten COVID three or four times and taken 10 vaccines in the la in the three years of the vaccine campaign program. So everything that I'm pointing out uh, indicates that this violated our common sense. And the reason why we're here tonight is that all-cause mortality in every data system is skyrocketing. And then in particular, cancer. Yeah. Rates of cancer and cancer death are skyrocketing. There's no argument they're skyrocketing. The question on the table is, could it be related to the COVID-19 pandemic and the pandemic response measures, particularly mass vaccination? Has there been any any looking into that? Any research done on on what the correlation would be? Well, actually, we're uh, about to try the third journal now for uh, an averted um, mortality paper uh, because uh, all the papers so far have rejected that topic. That's another common phenomenon in our times. Yeah. Yes, so, yeah. so we hope to get something published soon. But um, I had an interesting discussion with a, a professor of a medical school today about this because he was um, uh, very alert when it came to the inefficiency of the of the vaccine. But on the other hand, with the overall access mortality increasing, and we see um, uh, staggering uh, numbers, especially in the young, yeah, which usually are not even affected by the disease, which should make us question, is it the disease or the vaccine or the measures? But there's more and more uh, correlation now coming out about uh, the vaccination rate and uh, the uh, the parallel increase um, of the excess death. Uh, there was a recent uh, survey done in Germany. You could see in all the Bundesländer and so all the regions, the higher the vaccination rate, the higher the overall death. And you can correlate that now internationally in several papers. So uh, at least it should be a, a warning signal that all uh, medical agencies should take seriously and investigate because mm -hmm. long-term monitoring of a medication is one of the, the safety norms that have been set up uh, since the 1956s disasters where there, no, there was no regulations, but we have to ask ourselves, uh, where did all those regulations go? Because they just uh, fell out of the window. Yeah. Is there a common information repository where people can go to find these studies and stuff, some, some of those things? Like Dr. McCullough, I know you have uh, on your Substack, you have a lot of this information linked in there. Am I correct? My Substack's a handy source because uh, for each paper, I create a graphical abstract, which is a JPEG or, uh, or image file that has the, the journal you know, title, the title of the paper, and the key figures. Uh, but a source that I commonly quote is React19. That, that's a um, vaccine injury uh, support group, and they've uh, collated all the peer-reviewed uh, case reports and manuscripts, and they updated we're at about 3,400 peer-reviewed papers on vaccine injuries, disabilities, and deaths. About 800 of them have to do with myocarditis or heart damage or inflammation. And let me tell you, this 3,400 is just the tip of the iceberg. And as Dr. Ploth pointed out, that a huge issue is censorship of 
publication of papers describing uh, vaccine safety uh, data and vaccine injury syndromes. Um, I've seen this firsthand, and I can tell you it's common to have a paper, let's say on uh, death after vaccination, and it'll be sent to a journal, and the journal editor will send it out to reviewers. None of the reviewers will agree to review it. Unreal. Is okay. it, is it uh, unreasonable of me to ask the question, has the treatment become the pandemic? Yes. But you know what? I, I would agree with that. I, I would agree that I think there's been two waves of injury. One was SARS-CoV-2 infection, mm -hmm. uh, which by and large, because of natural immunity, the virus is mutated to a much weaker strain. And because of early treatment, uh, the virus itself poses no significant threat. We had a patient today in our office with COVID. It's very easy to treat. It's very mild. We have no concerns over hospitalization and death. I think our greatest concern now is this wave of tidal wave of vaccine injuries, disabilities, and deaths. I'm greatly concerned with cardiac arrests occurring uh, two years after the shots, giant blood clots uh, forming two years after the shots. And as I've talked about, uh, this this rise in, in cancer that we're seeing in every cancer registry around the world. I mean, if you think about the biodistribution of these shots that were supposed to leave their material in uh, the deltoid muscle, just in the arm, and we could uh, even by uh, freedom of information um, uh, requests uh, already see that uh, in the biodistribution uh, studies done by the manufacturers, we could see it distributes absolutely everywhere. And uh, unfortunately, this makes the amount of potential side effects just endless because they could deposit anywhere we know it deposits in certain organs more than in others but potentially can just end up anywhere and uh, to 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 just uh, uh, quote there one more more thing about the correlation of the excess death i mean uh, peter and mark had also been involved in papers on autopsy um, studies and you can clearly see and there was a, a, a wonderful study wonderful in, in brackets but a, a, a study in, in germany which showed that 70 percent of all the diseased had a clear or uh, a suspected uh, association uh, with uh, the vaccine and these are numbers that um, if you then consider that autopsies were forbidden and only a handful of uh, pathologists even nowadays are able to stain spike proteins and uh, do the most basic work in order to assess a possible correlation because that has always been the problem with all the other vaccines in the past try to prove a correlation well this time in fact it is quite simple you stain the spike protein you can see how it enters the endothelium how then uh, large blood vessels rupture or yeah you can create clots uh, so this can be done but there's still not many um uh, people out there on this planet that are doing it, so we don't have much data on it. But uh, this is another clear sign that there's a clear association bet between the excess death and uh, uh, the injections, and not and the in, disease. Yeah. And in the past, even a temporal correlation was enough to warrant an investigation. And now it's like the temporal correlation means absolutely nothing to many doctors and pathologists out there, and they just are completely ignoring that when as far as I'm aware, that's supposed to be the number one red flag is the temporal correlation. So you can figure out what's going on and make sure that it's not that medical intervention causing the problem. So if if we have all, we're having all these problems, um, is this 
Is this anything to do with uh, what Health Canada reported on in the vaccines having some uh, foreign questionable material in there that, that wasn't supposed to be there? I know, uh, Dr. Trazi, you just uh, were involved in a panel speaking about this, were you not? Yeah, yeah, a couple of panels. We've had a panel of scientists, uh, Dr. McCall and Dr. Dr. Ploth and I host together. Dr. McCall was one of our experts. And today okay. we just had a, a legal panel focused on the legal aspects of that. But just if I could just put it in context a little bit, right? These injections were labeled as safe and effective vaccines. Yes. Yeah. If you read the ingredients, which luckily some of us did during the mental abuse that everybody was doing in 2020, you said, wait, that's not a vaccine. And what you saw was pegylated nanoparticles carrying messenger RNA to cause cells in the body to produce the most toxic part of the coronavirus, the spike protein, the patented version, like the one in the virus, the alpha model, mm -hmm. right? And that was a bad idea. And that's why a lot of us warned against about it before it happened. Even if it meant throwing away our careers, say, don't take this, don't give this to your kids. This is a bad idea. Why? Could we prove how bad it was going to be? Well, I think so. But for sure, the precautionary principle. So just those two elements, the pigillated nanoparticle, that wasn't some new thing. That by design, that has a history of being used on rare occasions to get whatever you want to put into it everywhere, even into the brain, even through the placenta, even to the baby's brain before it's born. That's what pigillated nanoparticles do. So when they say, oh, well, we called it a vaccine, we put it in the shoulder. So we thought like a vaccine is just going to the armpit. That wasn't a mistake. I mean, that's that's like saying you used a chainsaw and you thought it was a spoon to feed the baby. No way. Then what was inside it? The messenger RNA. Okay. To do what? To poison the body with spike protein? Make your body attack itself while you flood the system based on 40 trillion copies of hyper like hyper persistent genetic code for a foreign protein from a coronavirus that you already knew spike protein alone is poison. You just give a little sniff to hamsters and they get a lung disease. That's old research. So then you get to about a year and a half ago, the German working group, many labs do the chemical analysis. You're like, wow, there's a lot of other stuff that shouldn't be in there. Just chemically. What's this heavy metal doing in there? What's this mm -hmm. shard doing in there? What's this, this rare earth? What's this other chemical doing there? But then this last year, the subject that, that, that we're coming to, forgive me, taking a while, just to put it in context, of yeah. this, this yeah. thing's never been good. But this year, now in multiple laboratories, multiple countries, multiple countries' supplies of Moderna and Pfizer, supposedly messenger RNA packaged in these dangerous nanoparticles, turns out there's a whole bunch of DNA, right? And the DNA, <laughs> nobody signed up to get injected with DNA. Not only is there DNA, but there's many genetic sequences, not just the one for the spike protein. Yeah. And there's even a genetic sequence that is hid in all the paperwork that it could even possibly have been there. It shouldn't be there at all, but hidden called, in my opinion, fraud by Pfizer. There's a couple of them, but one of them is an SV40 promoter sequence. And if you look at research on that, which isn't new, 1990s, an SV40 promoter sequence if it gets into a cell, which pegylated nanoparticles do, with a bunch of DNA, it's got the special ability to take that DNA, help it get transported into the sacred nucleus, the temple of your chromosomes, and help stitch foreign DNA into a person's chromosomes, which can only hurt them. So that, that's a little bit. There's a lot more on that, but I'll hand down the mic for a bit. Well, on that topic, um, this, this is something that Dr. McCullough probably would be interested in speaking about. I get a question. The question I get a lot of times is, uh, you know, 
what do we do if we've been exposed to this? And perusing the wellness company's website, I see some options there. Do you want to maybe fill some of the viewers in on some of the things they can do to protect themselves? You know, sadly, we don't have a method of addressing the, the synthetic messenger RNA or now these process-related impurities, this cDNA, which comes from the E. coli step in manufacturing that um, that these fragments of DNA, and experts believe for sure there are fragments of DNA coding for antibiotic resistance. And as Dr. Trazi points out, the simian virus 40 promoter, enhancer, and origin of insertion segments. Um, I can tell you what this is adding up to is that, that these are carcinogenic sequences and DNA is taken up rapidly into cells. Uh, we don't have a method of clearing the body of a foreign RNA or DNA right now. But the spike protein, which we know is produced from the messenger RNA and is in high quantities, we can at least begin to address with what's called McCullough Protocol Base Spike Protein Detoxification. We've um, published now two papers on this, one in the Journal of American Physicians and Surgeons, the other one in the PubMed-listed journal, Curious. Um, we have, um, I've filed for both uh, American and European Union um, uh, uh, trademarks. Uh, and, and the only reason I did this, and, and it happened with early treatment, is that it, it becomes so helter-skelter out there that it's, it's better off localizing to somebody's name so I can keep a little bit of, of control over this. Um, but what's gone on is a big worldwide um, uh, rush on three substances, natokinase, bromelain, and curcumin. Turns out they're all natural substances, but natokinase and bromelain do have very good preclinical data suggesting they can degrade uh, the spike protein um, they also are a thrombolytic and, and, uh, and work as anticoagulants in a mild way. And, and most people are prone to blood clotting. So that's an added advantage. And then curcumin is derived from turmeric. And it's actually been shown in randomized trials in people with post-vaccine long COVID syndrome to reduce inflammation and make people feel better. So we combine these into kind of either a single product, and these exist now on the internet, or is a trio as it does it offered by the wellness company. Um, and this is, uh, you know, this is administered. The dose is 2000 units twice a day of nanokinase, bromelain 500 milligrams once a day, and then curcumin 500 milligrams twice a day. And these are starting doses. We can increase these. Uh, Chinese recently published a study using uh, 10,000 units of nanokinase a day. It's, it's, it has additional uses in Asia as an anti-atherosclerotic product. It lowers blood pressure a bit, lowers cholesterol a bit. So, um, you know, I think we've really, I'm a drug prescribing doctor. I'm not a naturopathic doctor. Uh, Dr. Ploth and others can, can speak to this, but I, I think we've stumbled upon uh, in search of something to help people with long COVID and post-vaccine injury syndromes. We've stumbled upon a, a pretty powerful medicinal trio. And I, I know it's powerful because people have side effects. That tells you it really does something. A lot of supplements have no side effects because they don't do anything. Um, but I can tell you this one does. I saw somebody today with side effects. So um, so I know medicinally it does things. In fact, Dr. Tanakawa in uh, Japan gets a ton of credit for this. He's just come up with a blood assay to measure how much nanokinase is in the blood. So uh, so we, we uh, have applied this now. We've worked on it for uh, certainly well over a year in our clinic. 
We're convinced this uh, helps people resolve this post-vaccine injury and long COVID syndromes. Many of the times the two overlap. Most people along COVID, by the way, are vaccinated. About 70% are. That's been shown in a German paper by Dexner and colleagues. That it, but it, the, the, the issue is it just takes time. You know, it, it took years to develop this accumulation of spike protein. It's going to take at least three, six, nine, 12 months to help detox, detoxify the body. And we don't know how long it needs to be continued because we gonna have, we're going to have to find a strategy to help the body get rid of all this foreign genetic code. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I can maybe Go jump ahead. in there, because um, yeah, what, what, what because Peter's message also includes um, a hope, yeah, that we will get out of this uh, mechanical trap for one disease, one medicine, which is simply not true, because the body is so complex. It has so. If we look at the micro, the role of the microbiome, if we look at the, all the aspects on an immune systems, which is just a miracle. The more you understand, I learned so much about the immune system. No study could have given me what I learned in the last three years, and yet I, I, I'm very humble because I say I, I don't understand uh, half of what I should know in order to comprehend. But um, uh, it, it all started uh, when we looked at the data when it came to the COVID infection, and we could see that um, a vitamin D level between 50 and 80 nanograms per milliliter actually was enough to prevent death in meta-analysis of um, yeah of, of millions of people, so just that alone, and then if you took diet, yeah, um, uh, in my background, uh, diet is very very important, and you look at the role of sugar, and the, with sugar, it showed the same. Sugar interferes in four different pathways in the pathogenicity of the genicity of the of the virus, so therefore excluding that again showed almost no death of COVID. So um, these are uh, the things that we could have given um, all the people in 2020 already because the data was already there. Yeah, um, But um, we, we had today a follow-up on the panel that um, yeah, uh, 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 Peter and uh, Mark were present um, uh, with uh, the scientists on the plasmid contamination uh, with lawyers today. And Peter Pham called it an iatrogenic catastrophe. I, I found that a very, very appropriate summary for what, what is happening here. And uh, as we now see, we are able to look for approaches to tackle the spike uh, proteins being produced. And unfortunately, uh, almost half of the people keep on producing spike proteins, yeah, uh, even six months after the injections. And maybe, and we're just at the beginning to see how long these people are still going to produce uh, them. Uh, uh, mostly women, by the way, that's an interesting fact as well. But we'll right from the beginning when they started to say that we'll have a vaccine for you and uh, and um, mark just explained that they had to change the definition of the vaccine in order to implement it yeah it it was very very bizarre that an unproven novel technology gene therapy this is not an invented term this is actually what pfizer used in uh, in order to get it approved gene therapy is mentioned in the papers so uh, today one of the big things in the in the panel was that uh, for uh, the release of a gene therapy, um, there are several regulate, uh, regulations in Australia, in the UK, in the US, which had been completely denied, which involve environmental studies, which involve long-term monitoring, et cetera, et cetera. So the, 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 the sad thing is that if 
this really leads to the uh, genomic integration in 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 our in our genome we're not mm -hmm. only affecting the people now we're affecting future generations yeah. and that's a, a very very sad thing uh, to even think about so people yes. they had themselves injected with a drug that had no uh real safety testing they did it without informed consent with literally blank labels on the drug our governments across the globe pushed this and companies got richer in the hundreds of billions of dollars for it and now it continues it's continuing with with this mounting evidence and i mean as far as i know at any time in the past if any if 10% of this had happened the, the drug would have been halted and an investigation right. done and it's not now so what what have you guys got to say to the other doctors physicians who are saying oh it's fine it's fine safe do your part or politicians still promoting this or even allowing it what do you what do you say to that well i have a i have a i think a bit of a message for all of us right mm -hmm. is first of all you know with just think of how bizarre 2020 was, right? Remember, all my life I had what I thought were human rights. I remember I heard yeah. stories about the war, right? And I lived in a world where, for instance, people say, show your face. Didn't say cover your face. Yeah. I lived in a world where we shook hands, which actually has an immunological benefit and is one of the reasons we maintain great humanity. Like, all these things that we've developed over our centuries, hugging one another, shaking hands, breaking bread, you know, uh, going to work, running your company, not having your entire business diverted to Amazon and going broke while you're being lined up and forced into taking an injection to keep your job so you don't have to lose the house too. I mean, that stuff's all a little weird. So if, if anybody who happened to be on planet Earth for the last three years and isn't one of the people doing this, if anybody is wondering if you've been through severe mental abuse yes we have so the idea that maybe we're wrong about some stuff i think is reasonable i don't think we should feel like we're terrible if maybe we've we're a little confused after that and the the reality is that we were poisoned that that, that what happened to humanity that who was used as a conduit and that this was an agenda. I mean, 20 years of patents going back mm -hmm. to make this. So if a, th if a bat happens to go to the market and catches a cold over to a woman and you, that doesn't happen with the genetic sequence pre-patented years in advance, right? Yeah. So it's not every conspiracy is a theory. In fact, history is full of conspiracies. I mean, Christ was crucified, etc. You know what I mean? These are conspiracies. Julius Caesar was stabbed, right? You know, Adolf Hitler really did invade neighboring countries and blitzkrieg them. You know, this stuff, conspiracies happen, a lot of them, right? And a lot of them in our own countries have already been, um, you know, declassified. What happened in the Bay of Tompkins in Vietnam? How did they get into the war? People need to know history is full of conspiracies. So if every time you hear the word conspiracy, your brain goes theory, then mm -hmm. that's programming that you need to undo. Because clearly you've got a bunch of patents, then you have a man-made virus, you've got a money trail that leads to Fauci and others, right? 
and you have a virus that wasn't that deadly. You have a bunch of doctors who try to treat the virus while being told to do weird stuff like not manage airways properly, not use safe, effective medicines, wear masks all the time, tell people to leave grandma locked up by herself so she dies of depression. You know, all leading to a pre-planned injection with the same patented DNA sequence and RNA sequence. Like people, <laughs> that really happened. That's reality. Hate to say it. Um, mm -hmm. So... We have to deal with it on that basis. And so a lot of people need to realize, of course, look at, we've all made sacrifices here, right? At the beginning of this, I had a great job, second highest ranking doctor in my hospital, teaching in multiple medical schools, a yeah, trauma instructor, yeah. teach doctors from around the world how to do trauma. But when I read the ingredients and said, uh-uh, that ain't right, and I'm not behind that. And I did a lot of research when we weren't making TikTok videos, I can assure you, Christoph, Peter, and I were not making TikTok videos in 2020 because we were told we were getting to receive a deadly virus. We were researching, That's right. our way, yeah. studying, yeah. figuring it out. And then we came out and warned people, right, for a reason. And so people need to wake up and realize, yeah, you were lied to. It's okay, but just stop. Because yeah. if getting your paycheck as a politician or as a judge protecting your you know, your pension, or if whatever normally you would do, normally I would have kept my house. Normally I would do everything to protect my license. Normally I never had trouble with medical regulars, etc. But if people just do the normal thing, then they're all being herded along with their kids and their grandkids into a dystopian world. And like all wars in the past, it's killing, enslaving and taking. So mm -hmm. this, it happens, war happens. And this is the kind of war we're living in. And, and so everybody needs to stop going along with this garbage. Is my, my personal yeah. opinion. I recall I mean, yeah. a phrase you used about uh, having a duty to speak out against this stuff when it happens in the, in the video I just watched. Sorry to inter interrupt you, Doug. But... No problem. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I mean it, 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 before I hand it over again, but um, yeah, I mean, when you ask how to, to present another perspective, Mark already uh, mentioned it. it. It is at the end of the day about human rights. And we have actually um, a lot of uh, legislation giving us human rights, including an informed consent, what we do with our bodies. And that this was clearly violated, yeah, should have been an alarm signal for all, all of the ones uh, involved. And um, uh, I try to, to get people um, um, by uh, basically going back how it all started and you could see they were talking about masks and you could see that in 2019 there was a publication by the WHO having 10 studies about mask efficiency and all of them proved proved no effect and one a potential effect and yet they introduced this in order to do um, um, uh, to introduce these measures and then you saw the lockdowns we knew that lockdowns never uh, uh, never worked and uh, yeah uh, Peter knows exactly how you should usually tackle an infectious disease it would not be with these means by by all mean and then uh, you go step by step through all these measures and they would basically just to suppress human rights and had scientifically no purpose in trying to defeat a so-called um, virus that was threatening our planet. So, but we talked about this today, but still so many 
people, especially in the medical field, which is something that I could never comprehend because as Mark was saying, you looked at the studies, you looked at the ingredients, you looked at the methodology that was used, you looked at the novelty of a gene therapy on humans that we haven't even used on animals, yeah, because yeah, because it was not safe enough. And then all of a sudden, uh, everybody uh, was against you when uh, you, you were a conspiracy theorist when uh, warning, well, maybe it's not really the right thing. Why don't we go to conventional drugs and approaches that we've done? Everything was thrown out of the window. And yet I, I was always so shocked how quickly this all came upon us. Yeah. That how quick became a conspiracy theorist that already started, I think in March 22, when you uh, even dare to criticize anything. Yeah. You, you were already a quack. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's like that, that I came across, um, uh, Peter's work and Mark's work because mm -hmm. yeah, they were, um, uh, the founders of the resistance movement as we call it nowadays. Yeah. yeah. So this is on the heels of the Alberta government's report uh, that Preston Manning, Manning actually just did. He looked into the government's response, what could have been done better, what could have been done differently, and he issued a report. Um, also, this is a precursor to the National Citizens Inquiry Commissioner's Report that is due to come out tomorrow morning, and uh, Carrie and I are going to cover that on the show as well. So yep. in the national, in the interim report of the National Citizens Inquiry, and I believe all of you doctors testified in there, did you not? Mm -hmm. you, you're all in there? I didn't. So they, they're basically recommending full stop, of course. I mean, these drugs weren't, weren't approved properly. Uh, they didn't meet the criteria to actually be approved, even for emergency use. It's not an emergency anymore. They haven't had the testing. It should be stopped. And, uh, you know, they've been, they've been tooting that horn for months, and yet our government's aren't listening yeah so is this something that's happening all over the place like what do we what do we have to do to get the government to finally admit that we did this wrong and we need to stop harming people i mean what what did it take what did it take back in the day to get dangerous drugs pulled off the market well i can tell you it there's no government that's even signaled that they're willing to remove the vaccines from the market despite multiple calls. I've called for it in the U.S. Senate, European Parliament, the um, Brazilian Chamber of Deputies, be the lower house of the U.K. Parliament. Next week, World Council for Health has a strong call in 2022, pull them off the market. Association of American Physicians and Surgeons uh, in the United States and now ECI. Listen, there's plenty of calls to remove them from the market. What's going to stop it is mass refusal. Uh, not a single Absolutely. person taking another shot, period. Yeah. Mass refusal. Um, you know, a, a campaign on the order of, you know, just say no, uh, where, where basically no one takes the, the shot. Uh, what we're learning, and uh, this has come out in Senate testimony, I'm on a standing committee now for the state of Arizona, is that there are so many things that states and provinces and countries can do uh, to get ready for the next pandemic. Uh, th there is a widespread agreement there's going to be a next pandemic. In fact, it's being predicted by Bill Gates, by uh, Anthony Fauci, by uh, vaccine promoter Peter Hotez in Houston, Tedros, who leads the WHO. They all say with great enthusiasm that there's going to be another pandemic. It's going to be worse than COVID. 
And I agree with him. There's going to be another pandemic because there are so many bio labs out there that are creating dangerous pathogens in this new era of bio warfare, where there's developments of biological threats and there's developments of countermeasures, vaccines and monoclonal antibodies and therapeutics. Uh, a leader of the pack is Peter Daszak at the EcoHealth Alliance, who uh, you know very boldly states that he wants to hold many of these, and whoever holds both the threat and the countermeasure, they have power, just like holding a, a, a missile and a missile defense system. That's what's going on. Uh, these biolabs are all over the world. They're largely unregulated. In the United States of America, the National Institutes of Health will not fund gain-of-function research. However, a foundation can fund it. It yeah. can be self-funded. So there's gain-of-function research going on all over. So action items for states and provinces and countries is, A, do an inventory of where all the gain-of-function research is right now and start holding these labs uh, accountable, including regular safety reports, or better yet, halt or ban gain-of-function research altogether. Uh, mm -hmm. That should be an important step. Uh, every state and province should understand that they have a consumer product safety responsibility. And if the federal government is offering vaccines that are not safe, we need to start seeing actions at the state level to That's put great. protections in for consumer product uh, safety testing. And then the, the last thing I think that needs to be carefully examined is uh, lowering the liability shields for the yeah. vaccine manufacturers. Yeah. And there are probably two legal standards that would occur. One would be if there's fraud has occurred. I think Dr. Trousey has made a great case that, in fact, fraud has occurred. We've been defrauded by what we've been told with the vaccines. And then the second criteria is malicious intent. That it means that others did have an intent to harm others. That'll be more difficult to show. But let me say, I think everybody has a lot to do. I, I can't wait to see for the ECI report to come out tomorrow. So we're well, almost I at the hour. And I just mm -hmm. got to I, I gotta get this out there. It seems to me, no, I'm not even going to say that. Our governments let us down big yes. time. They did not advocate for us. They did not do uh, things to our benefit. And it occurs to me that if we're going to be protected, it has to be us that protect ourselves. So what do we do going forward to keep ourselves healthy, uh, manage our own immune systems, and prevent becoming sick with these pandemics, which will occur, and ending up in the hospital where we're subject to what the government wants. I'm gonna, well, I, I think I, one I, simple, I, one simple thing is, you know, in terms of infection, I mean, for sure, don't take any of the shots. That's an <clears> easy one. If you've taken the shots, make sure you're on detoxification, which isn't, it's supplements and it's also fasting and there's a variety of things. There's a science to it. Um, and, and don't take any more. And meanwhile, in the, with regard to infectious disease, vitamin D levels at high levels, high levels of vitamin D. Yeah. yeah. People get blood tests, take the amount of vitamin D it takes for your individual body to have a high level of vitamin D yeah. all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And the protective factor against infectious disease and cancer by that alone is enormous. I mean, that's just one factor. And, and there's many more. And I, I'd like to, you know, pass the mic around a little bit on that. 
I mean, I gave a uh, gave a presentation in uh, in twenty one in front of the Italian Senate uh, about health promoting factors yeah, when it came to the to the disease, and the, the amount of studies were were stunning. And I mean, we have um, a certain uh, parts of our immune system that are able to tackle a viral attack quite well. Uh, they're called natural killer cells, for example, and you can actually increase natural killer cells by going out in nature. Yeah, there have been beautiful studies how you, mm -hmm. a walk in the woods can actually yeah. increase their amount sixfold. Yeah, there's no drug that could ever <laughs> give that to you. Sunshine is just an, an amazing yeah. immune modulator uh, and uh, enough um, healthy vegetable and fruit, mostly organic, and maybe even uh, fermented food in order to boost our microbiome. These are very, very simple things. And uh, there's a psychoneuroimmunology. Uh, psycho uh, uh, your state of mind matters. Yeah, you, we can we can increase that. We can show that fear increases inflammatory cytokines. This is exactly what you don't want when it comes to an infection. So keep um, uh, keep your social contacts. Yeah, keep uh, keep everything that basically. Uh, promotes uh, your health was we, we were uh, was taken away from us. So just get out of the isolation, get out of the fear, get out in nature. Instead, they locked us down. They prevented us from having social contact. They prevented us going in nature and, and having the sunshine. Just do everything the opposite way and you'll be quite, quite well. And the other thing is that uh, when Peter was starting to mention the, the future pandemics, we know that in China, yeah, something is cooking at the moment yeah. and the W WHO comes up with the same uh, recommendations again. Uh, so the next step is for us, because the governments won't do it, uh, is for us to block uh, the um, uh, the next steps of the WHO uh, with the IHRs yes. and with the pandemic treaty. We need to stop this. And the good news is that in the last few days, uh, Slovenia, Estonia, uh, and uh, uh, New Zealand, New yeah, Zealand. and uh, yeah, have already committed not supporting the amendment of the IHRs. And everybody who doesn't know about it, please do, because this would give them complete power to not only repeat what they've done, which was completely inefficient and uh, unscientific, but uh, to get it to another level. If you just read all the uh, the changes they want to implement in the uh, IHRs, so um, yeah. So Chris and Carrie, I just want to state that um, in addition to getting fitter and stronger and tougher, yeah. you know, vitamin D and running outside in the woods with Christoph, um, uh, people also need to be smarter with their home supplies. So we've learned that virucidal nasal sprays and washes work against flu, right. against RSV, against COVID, many uh, illnesses. We're talking just a few drops of iodine and salt water or xylitol. Uh, hydrogen peroxide, colloidal silver, they all work, scope or Listerine. People need to do this, you know, a nasal spray, sniff back and spit out and gargle about every four hours when they get sick. Everyone should have one on hand. There's wonderful brand names you can get over the counter. And then for the United States, people are actually getting the wellness company emergency medical kits. And these are, you know, this is basically a formulary of kits. There's a COVID kit that you see there. There's also a blue general medical kit. They have medications in it and a user guide and even a, you know, a, a phone consultation with a doctor to help you out. But uh, these are diverse. Uh, in fact, these would handle 
the uh, Chinese pneumonia right now. The Chinese pneumonia looks like a macrolide-resistant mycoplasmal infection, and uh, which is responsive to doxycycline, which is in the kids, also responsive to what's called fluoroquinolones, like moxifloxacin. So uh, the point is, people need to get smart. They were burned last time. So many people had nothing in the house That's right. at the minute they got COVID. We don't want that to happen now. We want people to be fit and strong. They should have a robust formulary of nutraceuticals and vitamins. Um, yeah. You know, e either get one of the kits or assemble one like yeah. it. Uh, I know, depending on the resources in Canada, as well as your listenership elsewhere, uh, yeah. we won't want everyone to be ready next yeah. time because because you know, listen, these players that I've outlined in the biopharmaceutical complex, they have telegraphed to us everything. They are telegraphing to us. There will be a next pandemic. We better be ready. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and I, I know there, there's been a few comments here that uh, the wellness companies in the States, I guess there was a wellness company, TWCCanada.health, and unfortunately there's no products available. Any comment on that? Is it just that we, we can't no. get stuff? Canadians can, Canadians can still get wellness uh, the wellness company products. Okay. Go to, to the wellness company website. And the experts on both sides of the borders are working together. Okay. Um, and, and actually the, the, you know, the, the kind of business heads at the wellness company have been very kind to sort of try to compensate for the expenses of the shipping, et cetera, for Canadians. Okay. So there's kind of kind pricing for Canadians there. Okay. And if I could just maybe add there that in 2020, there were several South American states that actually did the same. They developed mm -hmm. a uh, emergency kit that if people had uh, symptoms, they could call the, uh, the officials and they would send it to their door. Yeah, yeah. and they could take it. Yeah, and it, it would still probably include almost the same things we recommend <laughs> nowadays. Yeah, but the interesting thing is you could not find a single mention of this in the net so the censorship in 2020 right. was already that big uh, i heard it from the doctors there yeah um uh, having great success with it but i couldn't even find it on the web that should tell us a lot yeah i saw I that early on i phoned the ministry of health in el salvador and in That's my right. broken spanish asked them about that and i did live about it because nobody was talking about it and yeah. everyone in canada oh you're just taking horse dewormer and you're you know but other countries did it and they had great results but yes. we didn't Amazing. and that wasn't a mystery you know ivermectin you know if we're talking about treatment of of covid if we're talking about a treatment of a large variety of messenger rna viruses some dna viruses and you're talking about the big disease on planet earth now which is detoxifying from these injections and all the spike protein poisoning you, you ivermectin remains a silver bullet for all those things and and this is not just somebody trying to experiment with horse medicine when dr zev Zelenko was talking about hydrochloroquine it was based on pre-existing research when when dr mccullough and, and ploth and myself when we go back talking about ivermectin laboratory research on ivermectin looking for antivirals against messenger rna viruses including coronaviruses had phenomenal results going back a decade so and and there were government documents saying, hey, if we ever have a coronavirus pandemic, ivermectin's the best antiviral. It has turned out to be that. And so people need to make sure they have the treatment protocols. They get them from Dr. McCullough. They get them from the FLCCC. They get them from the World Council for Health. They can get them on my website, drtrozy.org, and make sure they have the basic supplies. You know, ivermectin, aspirin, and antihistamine, and the knowledge of the cycle. 
the cycle of how a COVID infection works is a, is a very powerful combination, a little bit of knowledge and the right tools. Excellent. You know, another good resource is World Council for Health. So they have some very good position papers kind of listing various drugs and agents, uh, both for long COVID and the acute infection. So does the FLCC. And there are many more over-the-counter items than what people think. For instance, I learned from my Asian colleagues that artemisian, which is uh, derived from uh, Chinese uh, uh, wormwood, which just a, it's basically a plant, uh, has antimicrobial properties and very good data against uh, SARS-CoV-2. Um, in the United States, we used over-the-counter fomotidine, uh, which had antiviral activities at four times the uh, the usual dose, uh, and that's available over the counter. So uh, I want people in Canada to understand, listen, get out there, do your own research and get your home supply kit. Uh, even if you start to build it from over the counter products, um, there's no single drug that's necessary nor sufficient in this kind of new game that we're in. It's about doing something compared to doing nothing. The people who got hospitalized and died, sadly, didn't do enough at home uh, in order to kind of get them through the illness. Well, it's been a wealth of information and uh, I appreciate it. And I'm sure the viewers appreciate it too, but it has That's been an hour. So Dr. McCullough, if you have to sign off, I know <laughs> that you're you. at work right now. So we really appreciate you taking the time. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Great, great we'll see, see you, you again. Bye-bye. Oh, and he's <laughs> off. Yeah. He's <laughs> Actually, you know what? You guys have all been ridiculously busy over the last, you know, three years, even more so than your regular, you know, pre-COVID practice. Um, oh, by far. On a, on a more personal note, how, how are things like, how are, how are things going for you, for you guys? Besides stress? Besides <laughs> well, our, well, our, our, I think Mark, uh, our humor has changed. It, it, it went through sarc sarcasm, very dark humor and being a little bit lighter. That's the first thing I would state yeah. by now. <laughs> so, so. We all have, to have a sense of humor. That's for sure. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, and the, and the other thing is that we more and more have this urge of just sitting together, getting out a few instruments, yeah, sitting at a large table, uh, having a dinner together, and um, oh, yeah, and uh, just enjoying life, yeah, because uh, yeah, it has been taken by an issue that we never thought possible, and uh, yeah, we're investing. Uh, I can clearly say that every spare time in between family work and um, everything else in order to get the information out there. Yeah. Well, we, well, we certainly appreciate it. Absolutely. We'll, uh, we'll definitely get people to share, share, share this video. And, uh, and you know, it's, it's one of these uncomfortable topics that people are, don't even like to talk about. You know, they're, uh, they're around uh, the, the table at uh, the holidays and, uh, and maybe they've brought up a few people that have, passed away or been sick but they quickly dismiss having this conversation and, and the fact that you guys are able to to come on the show maybe this is enough to initiate those conversations at the at the uh, dinner table because uh, we we so need this knowledge brought out and and people talking about this and 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 it really does it, it's ripped friendships apart it's ripped uh, families apart and the fact that i think it just needs to be talked about 
And I think that will definitely heal things. Absolutely. Well, the, you know, the most perhaps a, a ancient sort of thing that's used against mankind, that's cost us our lives, that's, that's cost us our homes and all this, has been the old divide and conquer. And wars are usually not what they appear, right? So, you know, when people even just dip into the last century of history and you start to realize, wow, you know, same people funded both sides of the Second World War. That's right. Yeah. You know, yeah. Who's getting played against too? Like, you know, what happened to the radar defense system on September 11th? And who, you know, who was working yeah. together? And, and the more you look into all these things, including COVID for sure. And, you know, remember COVID, the sequel to end, the COVID, won't happen or it ends and we can just start the cleanup which is significant when justice occurs and the rule of law exists in our planet the rule of true laws you know like things become so perverse people have to bring it back to the middle that's not a new thing in history right where people say okay this has gone sodom and gomorrah this is right off the deep end and and, and you got to bring it back to a, a bit of a reset to make sure we're actually following the laws, you know, like act in honor, do no harm, tell the truth, don't yeah. kill, yeah, don't steal. Right. Yeah, you're right. Because um, the trust has been lost with doctors, really, right? And you've correct, probably yeah. witnessed that even in, in your practice. And now, now it's almost like for me, like if I ended up, you know, having a cold, well, I certainly won't go to the, the, the doctors. I think the only time I'll actually go is if I have like a bone sticking out of my arm or anything like that. But so that that is a concern too. Well, that's yeah. it's it's interesting because there's a very inversion of reality in a way because you know here in Canada, okay, for instance, one of the best doctors in our province of Ontario clearly is Dr. Patrick Phillips, mm -hmm. a guy who wasn't making TikTok videos, did his homework, always all he did is kept doing the right things, even noticed when people had a stroke after the injection and tried to report it, and for every correct thing he did. They not the patients, the college filed complaints with the college against him as they did their their part in the crimes against humanity yeah. that happened in our province here. So at some point, Dr. Phillips is finally like, you know what? I'm just walking away. Like it's too evil. I'm done. I mean, he totally ran the gamut for the people. Okay, so do I want Dr. Phillips as my doctor and my family doctor? Yep. Would I trust him to deliver? You know, if my wife was in labor, would I trust him to be the eMERGE doc to make sure that baby was safe and she was safe? Damn right. Would I trust him if he said it is or isn't a good shot? Damn right. So there's some phenomenal trust by sane yeah. people in some doctors. And then sadly, like so much of humanity, a lot of doctors were, I remember this is all mental abuse. Well, you know, mm -hmm. they're like, I mean, you got to keep in mind, like people could say, Mark, oh, I feel so sorry for you, you know. You, 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 you now you're, you're you're basically fighting this info war 24 hours a day you never work so hard you don't have the income you used to have the call just trying to destroy you keep in mind that my friends who i hope to save by jumping early and trying to stop this i i didn't want anybody to get injected with this goo for instance but the other doctors have actually got these shots in them three four we got there's piles of dead doctors right so, you know, I think we're, we're at a point in history where they're trying to control what people access. They say, no, you can't listen to Dr. Trozzi or Dr. Phillips. you got to listen to the guy that we register and we're going to pay him a bunch of money and he's going to do exactly what we say. Well, people don't trust that and they shouldn't. I feel sorry mm -hmm. for everybody in that puppet show, including those doctors. 
But at the same time, people do know who they can trust. And if you look at what we're doing now, that 0.1% who stepped out early, and now you have 10% going on 90% of the population going, wait a minute, we can't see you all. But that's why if you notice, what are we doing? We're trying to educate people how to not only how to deal with all these problems, which involves dealing with the WHO, who need to be exited, defunded, but, but also teach people how to not only not get poisoned with these shots to detoxify, what about getting rid of type two diabetes and resolving cancer and all this? And it's all coming out. Look at the work of the FLCC and Dr. Mm-hmm. Ploth, Dr. McCullough and others. So there is, it's, it's an unusual time, you know, and at the, you know, the best of times and the worst of times, certainly for an honest doctor, it's the best of times and the worst of times. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like the, I like the image when, when that we, people could you now use the material when they listen um, to tonight's show and then sit at a table and discuss because the two weapons that uh, the system has used and they've done this with all kind uh, all situations of conflicts and wars in the past they used division they used fear those were the two tools in order to to divide the people and if we could even now and and everybody knows what this led to in the last few years when we lost family members neighbors friends and yeah that had uh there were only there was only black and white on this planet uh which i had never experienced in my lifetime i was really irritated each time i encountered this but to invite people then to sit at a table together not black and white but yeah we are we we have different opinions and that's okay and then we can exchange and come to a new solution but um, maybe the loss of trust in so many institutions was over necessary and uh, yeah maybe uh because uh, we are mark and i often talk about i mean we met yeah uh, through this crisis otherwise we wouldn't have met uh, we wouldn't we would have met you two either yeah and it gets you in contact with uh, the most amazing people so yeah Yeah. Yeah. let's focus on that yeah Yeah. dr trousey you had said about the uh you know doctors taking the jab and then you know excess more about uh, more mortality and that and that's really how i i even came across uh dr Macus because that was his first report was that all of a sudden there was like 80 doctors that died within a, a month or whatever so he did that and then of course his he's been expanding on that and uh and, and it started out with kids then and then he went into athletes and now he's just taking it on this giant shell of of everybody and uh, so it would, you know, tomorrow when he's on, we'll be talking about that. And uh, and essentially that has now rolled into his conversation about turbo cancers. So not only is there mortality, but there's also people getting really sick. And like we've discussed today about uh, what can we do? And I, I, like, I'm not even sure once cancer starts, that's, that's, you know, it's very difficult to get rid of. Well, you know, that's interesting. I mean, yeah. cancer in the context of being injected with this genetic stuff is more complicated than cancer. It's a different thing. Mm -hmm. But when you look at the dysfunction of the immune system that happens as a result of these injections, whether the, whether the genetic material is, is forever or temporary or how long we don't know, we're working that out. But the production of the spike protein and the presence of that spike protein, that's a necessary step in the poisoning and the immune dysfunction and the autoimmune disease. In other words, if you deal with the spike protein, you 
negate a lot of the bad effects, yeah. that, including the dysfunction of the immune system. So better to do it sooner. So, but when you look at uh, another one of our good colleagues, Dr. Paul Merrick, it's an interesting case because Dr. Mm -hmm. Merrick is a world-class professor of intensive care medicine. And when, when COVID was at its peak, the infection in 2020, mm -hmm. and he would get those very rare, super sick people because that's who would go to the ICU. And he and Dr. Corey did what good doctors do, looked at the blood test, messed around, tried stuff they had, and they got very good at keeping even the ones on the edge of death who'd been, you know, kind of neglected till they're at that point. They got good at bringing them back around. Mm -hmm. um, and in that time, Dr. Merrick, he was focused on that. He took the shots. He took a couple of these shots himself. Then as he got very good at treating COVID and hospital administration, who, again, some infiltrated this whole web of control, you know, WHO down. They, they shut him down. They said, no, you can't give them the medicine. So he said, no, I can't stay here and watch people die when I know how to treat them. That led him on a journey. And part of his journey was to detoxify himself and others from these injections. In that, he learned some really cool things. A couple of them really simple. He learned to fast intermittently and to fast. He learned to eat yeah. once or twice a day and take days right off eating to drink lots of water. And he learned to get rid of all the carbs. To, I mean, not like fruits and vegetables, but to get rid of the, the processed carbohydrates and eat a much more natural diet to eat a ketogenic diet, right? Mm -hmm. So what, what's happened, interestingly, is he discovered how to detoxify himself and others. In the process, he discovered how to reverse his type 2 diabetes and get off medicines he'd been on for 20 years. In the process, he normalized and made a healthy lipid profile and got off the medicines he'd been on for years. In the process, he reduced or he he eliminated his hypertension and got off the medicine he been on for years. And in the process, he kept going and studying. And then he's come out with protocols. Him and 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 Matthew Helmet, uh, the wonderful wow. science chair of the World Health Health, on on how to resolve, how to reduce. We've just issued a uh, a guide at the World Council for Health on the measures that are so powerful against cancer. Cancer is not something that's just limited to radiation, chemo, surgery. It's much more complex than that. And, and we know people and, and, and the information's out there where people by, it's not like you can just do it by just taking a vitamin every day. It takes focus, work, discipline, change of lifestyle, change of diet, just mm -hmm. fasting, all this stuff. But people are having their cancers shrink and go away. Um, and I think even that should be applied to people who have cancer following the shots, but they also need to be trying to normalize their immune system by going yeah. against the spike protein. Sorry for a long winded, so, but hope that helps no. people. So you're no, saying in, in uh, a few words, we need, we should be sovereign stewards of our own bodies and advocate for our own health. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if, if you look at the, the modern diseases that uh, we are facing, uh, starting with obesity, diabetes, uh, type 2, uh, and even now one autoimmune disease is climbing up, um, depression, um, if, if you go on um, into Alzheimer's, dementia, 80% um, of all of these things are diet and lifestyle related diseases that don't occur in other countries and haven't occurred in our countries 
uh, before uh, the first heart attack was described in 1931. Yeah, That's so right. uh, go into an internal ward now in in any hospital and look at the amount of diabetes that's there and the amount of heart uh, cardiovascular problems. And we've been, we've had people like Professor Ornish or Dr. Esselstein yeah, that have been claiming this and have done wonderful research on this. Um, since the Rockefellers took over uh, our medical field, it has all been about petrochemicals and about money. And mm -hmm. we need to get out of this system because health is not about money. Health should be about a sovereign right and as the basis for joy and um, yeah, our lives. So that's part of what's now coming out of the positive aspects as Mark was describing. Uh, we have to change, we train medical students, we have to train, uh, we have to change the way we, we run uh, the GP practice and the hospitals and we can do that, yeah? Uh, but we have to step out of the current system. Yeah? One thing people should remember is if you have questions about uh, health-related things, this is probably not the place to ask them. Um, seek out doctors like these and others who have spoken up on your behalf at great personal risk. You yeah. can find answers to a lot of questions at the wellness company. You can be um, you can be uh, hooked up with a physician who can tell you the answers that you need. And uh, you know what? Just seek out the the men and women who are. Um, doing things for your health, not just to meet the status quo and protect themselves, but the ones that are sticking their neck out so that uh, you can actually have good alternatives uh, to take control over your own health. Yeah. And the wellness company is a great place to do that. And, that, and that's, that's great info because you're right. There's a lot of people that are asking specific questions about their own, you know, like I have high blood pressure. Should I just take, get off my pills? What should I do and all that? And yes, you should be able to look all that up and find uh, a competent doctor or a healthcare professional in order to yeah. uh, to figure that out. Yes. Yeah, because zero zero, to, uh, zero out of ten doctors agree with me in that uh, a cinnamon <laughs> bun fixes everything. And I mean, it's talking about made with love. <laughs> I mean, talk, talking about one of the basics of uh, of health, that's sleep. And uh, sorry, guys, uh, I, that's have right. get, yeah. I have to get up in two hours again. I haven't yeah. slept oh, yet. Boy. It's, it's 3.22 here, so yeah. I'll, uh, Make, yeah, I'll leave you. Mark, you may not realize it, uh, viewers, but he's actually in Germany. So he's like eight hours ahead of us. So thank you again for yes, thank you taking again. time out from your sleep. And uh, again, we, we all lack sleep. And, I'll look uh, you up next time I'm in Germany. That's right. Go ahead. There's a room. There's a room here for you. Yeah. Bye, and, and thanks for your work, and Excellent. all the best. Bye. Thank you very much. Bye. Well, I'm going to stick in, guys, because I can think of a, a couple of things. Sure. Absolutely. In the, the concert we talked about. Um, yeah. So I know there's. Yeah. Go ahead, then. People yeah. are people are people are looking for answers. So I, 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 maybe after the show, I can make sure I can send you guys a bunch of links because. That would be great. Dr. Yes. McCullough has a website yeah. and a Substack. Yeah. Christoph and I are both part of the World Council for Health and members of the science team and steering committee there. Yeah. People go to the World Council for Health. Yeah. They can, for instance, look up the spike protein detox guide. Yeah. That's a really important one. Um, type in the keyword cancer and get our cancer guide that we just published a few days ago. Um, as well on, on my personal website, which I've been, you know, voraciously working at since I launched my mission at the end of 2021. Yeah. So here you got spike protein detox yeah. guide. Okay. Yeah. And here, yeah. Dr. Josie, yeah. 
Yeah. Yep. On drtrozzi.org, if you search the word detox, you'll get three quick videos as well as access to like extensive charts of information. So if you want quick answers and if you want to dive deeper, just type the word detox in. Yeah. If you're looking for cancer answers, just type in the word cancer in the in the search. Um, and same with diabetes. It'll at least get you on track to Dr. Merrick and he, his resources. Uh, and the other thing that, you know, maybe, I mean, I've been a, a trauma doctor, you know, and an eMERGE doc for a long time. So trauma, as in the result of violence against people, mm -hmm. is not a foreign concept to me. Right now, whether that's a shooting or a stabbing or a beating or a raping or a poisoning, right? Poisoning is a type of violence. Um, and in this case, you know, people need to, if, if it sounds foreign, just look to Dr. David Martin and the patents and listen that's to true. a man who's got all the evidence and you can go through the Fauci Dacia for yourself. This is a crime scene. COVID is a crime scene. These shots are part of a crime. Uh, and as an emergency doctor, I've seen trauma victims before. Someone comes to me and I figure out they've been poisoned. Well, I keep taking care of the patient and I call the police and they would come in the department. I've been doing this for decades. This isn't unusual for me and say, hey, this patient's been poisoned. And they go out and look for who poisoned them. And they usually arrest that person in a functional society. That person's not free and at large to poison more people. Mm -hmm. Right. We're in that kind of a situation and it's more complicated. But to just think, okay, we'll deal with what's happened and not and prepare for what they're doing, but also stop what they're doing. And we're still at a point of hoping to find some legitimacy in old structures. A lot of them have become so illegitimate, it's laughable. If people look at, you know, the college's prosecution of doctors across this country, you watch it, it seems like you're some kind of dystopian movie. You know, Dr. Christian, you don't seem to be thinking well. And he's like, you don't seem to be thinking well, right, et cetera. Um, but the we're still hoping that got that you know we some functional activity through government through legislation through the democratic process and through the courts yeah. right now we are a couple of days away december the first they plan to pass ihr amendments who ihr amendments mm -hmm. they'll have come to the 18 month period from yeah. this thing this ihr amendment is is a process of giving the people that did all this to us way more power. And so everyone should look at ways, what can you do to help stop the IHR amendments? And if you yeah. want, you could go to James Roguski's Substack. You um, can go. Was, we we yeah, just I had, had we had James on last yeah. week. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, this is a good week for people to give up some sleep and TV time. If you're interested yeah. in surviving and your grandchildren having a future, and take action yeah. to stop the WHO. The WHO needs to be defunded, exited, investigated, and prosecuted. They are a danger to mankind, all of us. And one of the things we're doing in Alberta is uh, we have an initiative here, and actually this shirt I'm wearing, the Alberta Prosperity Project. We're trying to trigger a referendum on independence in this province because we're watching this country swirl yeah. the toilet at the at – the, uh, with the federal government at the helm of the ship, and we cannot say anything that changes our course. So we're trying very, very hard to stand up and say, no, enough is enough. If you guys want to go down that path, if you want to give up your health sovereignty to Klaus Schwab and his merry band of hooligans, you go right ahead. We're not doing it. And it's a it's a growing movement. It's a it's a people have finally realized that we need to stand up 
we need to be counted in those that say no and uh, and take back our sovereignty. So that's one of the, the things big, we're doing. The biggest problem uh, is, is that we just need the education out there. We need we need people to again share videos like this and and have conversations with people. Right? Yeah, because that's the problem is that that if, I don't even know what percentage it's. I, it's a fairly large percentage, I'm sure, of people just don't know what's going on. You know, they, they may sense that something's going on, but you know what, they're, they're busy working and dealing with their kids at sports and, and doing that. And they really don't care, which is sad because eventually it's going to come and smack them in the face. And I think things may be progressing in our direction, but more than we think, because two years ago, if I just walked into a cafe and said to somebody, Hey, you know, that mask is actually hurting. You're not helping you. They'd have looked at me like I had two heads. That's true. But I'll be honest. I, if I'm in a, I find it hard knowing what I know. I find it hard to walk by anyone and not say, Hey, whatever you do, don't take shots or give them to your kids. Right. Yeah. yeah. But you'd be amazed now where I go, if I say to people, Hey, you know, don't take those COVID shots. People go, I know. Right. Yeah. So, and this is where, you know, people use this term, the mainstream media. I don't think it's the mainstream. It's the dinosaur media. We're the mainstream media. Yeah. Yeah. Really. And I think that the, 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 the lying box will keep lying to the very end. And if people are going, well, when CBC says it's true, it'll finally be true. That's never going to happen. It's like waiting for Joe Biden or, or Justin Trudeau to tell the truth. That's not going to happen. Yeah. They'll lie to their, till they're arrested, hopefully for, yeah. you know, crimes against humanity and all those kind of lawful things. So um, I, I'll tell you, if you guys do that in Alberta, I mean, we're trying to obviously take Ontario back. I'm wrestling with the college here because I want all these other doctors reinstated. Right. Yeah. Because the people of my province need doctors who can keep their head on and do yeah. the right thing, even if the college goes rogue and tries to go against all the principles we're supposed to follow, yeah. right? But if Alberta does the right thing first, I'll tell you one thing that could happen in Alberta is you could have the mecca of great medicine on planet Earth. People would travel to Alberta because if you bring the good doctors to Alberta, believe me, a lot of us will come. Yeah. Have you? you did you know we could do great uh, work? Yeah. We well go ahead, Carrie. I'm gonna. I'm, oh, I want to mention what we did at the AGM here after you get through. Yeah, this. I was just gonna say lots of comments uh, on on the doctors, and of course, Dr. Trazzi's on right now. You're yeah, a brilliant. Exactly. You're my new hero. Hero, thank you. You made such great points tonight. Watching from Newfoundland, and I ha now have hope. Our premier Studley and other MHAs are Trudeau's puppets. From now, testing UBI and digital IDs. Yeah, that's true. So what I was going to mention, you, right you said that Alberta could be the mecca of health. I completely agree. Uh, one of the things that was accomplished at the AGM this uh, past month, our, our governing provincial party had their AGM, and one of the policies that was passed was something like this. The United Conservative Party uh, believes that doctors should be allowed to have relationships with their patients and not be censored. So that was that was put into party policy in this province. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. no government, you have no business shutting our doctors up get out of the doctor patient relationship. So we're starting to do things like that, but more so, uh, I mean, yes, this is important for Alberta, but I really believe this is important for every province because when someone stands up and they set the example and they lead mm -hmm. others follow, because most of the people in this country, we want the same things. We want to be healthy. We want to be happy. We don't want to pay high taxes. We don't want our government to give up our sovereignty to unelected officials. So if one province does it, I, I'm, I'm, I know it's going to encourage other provinces to stand up and do the same. So, you know, some people, they would, they say to me, well, Chris, you know, 
how dare you think about leaving Canada and leaving everyone behind? No, I'm saying we need to stand up and be examples for the rest of Canada so that Canada can save themselves. Yeah. That's that's my position on that. But uh, you know what? If it if it goes the way you say, yeah. Alberta absolutely will become. Uh, It'll be yeah. the place to be. And there's lots of room here for everyone that believes in yeah. personal autonomy and sovereignty. I just wanted to point out where our viewers are for the Chris Carey Show and, of course, the Alberta Prosperity Project. It, you can see we're practically everywhere around the world. Like, that's our viewership, right? So wow. there are people that are watching watching Alberta and watching what's going on here. So that's, uh, that's a pretty live map that comes up on uh, the Chris Carey Show, just so you know. That's great. Yeah. Okay. Well, people are interested. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. Um, so do you mind asking or answering maybe just a couple of quick questions, questions that sure. uh, I know have been asked in the past, but it's always good to, no uh, to bring up again. Um, Iris asks, is there shedding? Yes. And I can, and, and to, to elaborate on that, It's important that people understand DNA, RNA proteins, right? So, mm -hmm. so if you injected someone with spike protein, there'd be spike protein in their body for a while. And it would come out of them like things come out of us because we're mostly liquid, right? When you inject messenger RNA, like this hyper-present messenger RNA, and in fact, about 30 trillion copies, and all the cells in the body are producing spike protein. You're making a lot of spike protein and it's mm -hmm. going to come out of you, right? It's going to be in the breast milk. It's going to be in the tears, you know, it's going to be in the semen and the vaginal fluid. And, mm -hmm. and, and so, so, and that's true of glyphosate poisons like that as well. So yep. it's not yeah. like we live in a perfect, perfect world. Uh, the trick is, so, Let's say that's all that's happening. Let's let's just for sake of injury, let's say I got lied to and I believed it, or maybe I just didn't want my children to starve, so I took some COVID shots so I could keep my job. So now I'm producing spike protein. And let's say you're not, right? So I'm dealing with spike protein illness, whether it's symptomatic or not. And maybe I got lucky and I got a weak shot or a dead shot. Not everybody was poisoned. It's amazing mm -hmm. how some people seem fine, but we understand that from analyzing the injections. <laughs> But for sure, some people got real functioning injections. And so there's messenger RNA in them for we don't know how long, because this isn't normal messenger RNA that lasts 10 minutes. This stuff can last months, years. Nobody really knows it's experimental. So for a prolonged period of time, I'm producing spike protein and lots of it, and it's coming off me. So when you're near me, you're going to get exposed to it. If you're my, my wife, you're going to get more exposed to it, right? Mm -hmm. If I'm a breastfeeding mother, my baby's going to get exposed to it. Um, if I'm detoxifying against it, it's going to be a lot better. But when you, when that other person's exposed, they're going to get symptoms resulting from the spike protein. But when they go away and I go away, I'm going to keep making it and still have to deal with it, but it's going to wear off for them and they're fine. Mm -hmm. That was shedding, but here's the problem. That's mainly what happens, but these pegylated nanoparticles and the genetic material in them well, it also can be repackaged in, in another kind of nanoparticle that our own body makes called exosomes. And that can show up in fluids that can go into the baby or others. So that's an issue of now transfection of genetic material. So now people didn't take the shot, but somehow they've got the genetic material in them and they're making the stuff too, which is even worse. Mm -hmm. And then if it's just messenger RNA and it wears off, great. But if, if, if we're getting into DNA, 
you can see how the problem becomes increasingly bad. Mm -hmm. However, when you look at the reality of the excess mortality uh, and you look at uh, death associated rates with injection, you know, fractions like in the UK, where it was known within six to eight weeks of the experiment there on the population <clears throat> that, or sorry, where it was known, yeah, with oh, a couple months in, uh, it was known that children who were injected, depending on the age group, had up to about 100 times higher death rate than kids who weren't injected. Now, kids don't die much in our society, but still, who would sign their kid up for 100 times death rate of normal? Yeah. Right. So that isn't happening in the uninjected. So even though there are signs, there are concerns, there is shedding, there is this transfection issue. Clearly, the dying and the getting really sick mostly goes with the injections. So okay. it's concerning, yeah. but um, it's not bleak. Yeah. And, there, were, you know, there were a few questions like this, too. What happens if one receives blood from a vaccinated donor? Very similar so, to what you were just talking about. So it would depend on, uh, partly on timing, um, because the question is, how long was that person vaccinated? Did they get a full-blown vaccine? Well, I don't like to call them vaccines because that's their lie, yeah. the genetic yeah. injections. Yeah. So, um, but the, the risk of actually getting the pegylated nanoparticles with the genetic material and have it going into your cells in a significant, that's very real. I would not, I would not want a blood transfusion and this is a huge problem we have because our blood banks do not are currently under the current regime of the waf occupying our country mm -hmm. um blood banks won't recognize the rights of a person to choose to not want to have nanoparticle genetic experiment blood in them yeah right and that's wrong because they should have the option and uh that's one reason right now you know as a trauma doctor i say if you work with chainsaws, play it extra safe right now. Yeah. Try not to need a transfusion. And if you're going to need surgery preemptively, you may have to travel out of the country. If it's the kind of surgery where you there's a risk of you probably or high risk of you needing blood transfusion, then I would want to go somewhere and find somehow where they'll let you donate your own blood in advance or somehow get uh, uninjected blood, especially if you've not been injected. I mean, you've gone through losing your job, this, that, the other thing. To not be injected and then to get it in a transfusion would be a shame. Yeah. So on that note, I, I just want to say like a lot of these things, we got to do a little bit of math. Okay. So the question was, uh, is it safe to take a blood transfusion from uh, yeah. from someone who's got the spike proteins, whatever? Well, what's the alternative? I mean, if you need a blood transfusion, you need a blood transfusion. That's and the argument. Yeah. That, yeah. That's that's the thing, right? And and we, we are seeing lots of harm come from uh this medical intervention i'll call it but it still is a low number of people in the grand scheme of things so i think people also have to try not to stress too much about those things right be conscious of it be aware of it but at the end of the day i mean um dr ploth he he described our our immune systems as incredibly complex and absolutely amazing i mean we we deal with so many things every day um, that yes, these dangers are real and they are there, but the alternative in stressing over it or not getting something that you need done done is probably far worse. Is that a fair assessment? Well, yeah, I mean, for sure. If, 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 if one was, you know, 
bleeding to death and the only blood available and the option between living and dying was to take this stuff, I would take it. But, you know, in terms of the risk low, I mean, I think right now the Canadian mathematician physicist, Denny Rancor is, is really been done some very important math. He'd be another great guy to have on the show. Mm. And he looks at all cause mortality because, you know, with all the shuffling that they do of cause of death, you know, and, it's a way to to not get distracted by that and and he's come up with some pretty solid numbers and one of those numbers is well two the two things that stand out hugely and again credit to denny rencor and his team is for every 800 shots given somebody dies from the shots Jeez. okay nice. so wow. now that's every shot so if if 400 people take two shots then statistically on average one of them is going to be dead right if you go into everybody taking three shots, well, now you're down into like the one in 300. That's pretty now high this is numbers. all cause. Well, but no, this is the surgeon all-cause mortality associated with the injections. So you have a population, they're dying at a certain rate. You introduce the injections and they go boop. And he mm -hmm. looks at the math. What was the, you know, what percentage got the injections? How many increased death? You know, there's a lot of okay. details to his work. Another thing that, that stands out in his work that's really important is when you look at dying from the injections, I mean, now there's long-term complications to this, you know, so everything that's going to happen to people that could happen to people hasn't happened. I'm not a fear monger. I've got detox protocols and advice. I'm not a fear monger, but I'm not like kind of guy to just pretend it's not there. Right. But when you look at the dying, as people get older, every five years or four or five years older they get, it doubles the risk of dying from the shots. What that translated in is, the shots are most dangerous to the oldest people. So mm -hmm. the idea, the promotion of like, hey, let's make sure we give it to all the old people, especially that, that uh, you know, basically amounts to geronticide, killing of the elderly, because they're the highest. By the time you get to 90, 5% of them get injected dead, right? Mm -hmm. So there's some really solid math there. I, I would recommend people looking at, at, at Denny's work. Um, and... I can see the side of it, like, you know, people, you don't want people to worry, but at the same time, you know, denial is never a cure. And, and yep. we're doing things about that. You've had multiple leaders on finding way out and how to treat people and everything. And we're mm -hmm. having great success. But the other thing is when people realize that the continued promotion of these injections and, and trying to get you to give it to your kids and your grandkids, when you realize what that means, then you realize that you are in a fight for your life like the rest of us. And it's, it's great to wake up, you know, quit hitting the snooze button and wake up, but it's important to stand up because it's not a spectator sport, you know, just doing your part to stop the WHO, for instance, joining the, 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 the party with Christopher Scott in Alberta and, and claiming independence, etc. cetera. Yeah. People should be active, you know, because, because our, our children and our grandchildren, our lives are, are in danger, as is our freedom and all our possessions, ultimately. Yeah. We were, well, we were fixing a problem is knowing that you have one. Yeah. We were just talking about uh, blood. So a question came up. Does anyone look into the relationship in deaths and reactions to certain blood types? I asked a large group on what reactions seem to be type A. Less reactions were type O. Uh, no, I, I, would, I would just say, I guess there's more people in, in O than there is in A, is there not? I don't know if that means anything. Um, well, O's, a, O's at least an equally rare group. Uh, 
I I I think that the the, the honest answer to that is I don't know. That's a good yeah. question. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll I'll ponder it. I I wasn't aware of that of a correlation of that sort. No. Chris, do you have any other questions? No, I'm just I'm getting really distracted by the the comments. You know, I we see the same things all the time, and I'm not distracted in a good way. It weighs very heavily on me, and this has been happening for three years now. Um, I opened my cafe against restrictions, and people flooded in there telling me stories about yes, things that happened right. as a result of the restrictions and mandates. And now I get you know we started an organization called WS Full Steam Ahead um, mm -hmm. to advocate for people who are affected by the the vax mandates, and so people share stories with us. And even in the comments, it's like. You know, my mother-in-law took her third shot and she's got yeah. turbo cancer and dead. And then like through these comments, there's probably two dozen like that. Yeah. And even in my own kind of extended family, I have lots of those stories in my town. There's so many of those stories. You know, I, everywhere you go, you are witness to what's occurring. And it's very difficult um, to realize what's happening and see it and watch so many other people not see it. And even worse, uh, there's there's people out there that actually, they, they, they wished that Carrie and I died in a car crash when we got hit by a train because of mm -hmm. our views on this. So it's, it's even worse, <laughs> you know? So uh, I was just, I was just thinking about that, like all these things that we've heard over the last three years. And I'm hoping that people start to pay attention and just get over themselves and, and accept that maybe we need to change something because it's hard to watch. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. People that would wish you guys dead in a car crash, you know, they've. It's such a small like, percentage, but it, yeah, you know, it, it's yeah. that little nine that, that gets at you. Right. Yeah. yeah you notice well, it for sure. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, they're, they're like all of us. We've all been victims of a massive mental abuse. Absolutely. I mean, we literally walked around with our faces covered up. Mm -hmm. for like how long was it two weeks yeah. going on two years yeah right uh i've got friends i mean just stories i mean this is the, so if if anybody's confused well i think that's pretty reasonable i think if anybody's you know got come to some crazy conclusions like oh you know chris and carrie they're the problem because they didn't take the shot it's okay for, I think it's really important for people to take a breath, get centered. It's a hard one. It's a hard to swallow. We've been super lied to, super diseased, Yeah. but it's, it's at that point. It's time for people to sit down have a cry, have a wake up. Everybody yeah. knows people that are dead. You know, you don't need to be a statistician anymore. You just got to open your eyes and see what's before you. Yeah. You know, and, and questions like, why can't we just make them stop the jab immediately until we know more? Well, I, Share, I talk to people, let people know, let your government officials know, let your let your doctors know, let everybody know that this is what you want to stop happening. And yep. maybe if our voices are loud enough, maybe it will crack that. And that's the other part. Here's the other part of that. Yeah. A bureaucracy is like a freight train. And freight trains do not stop on a dime. I can tell you that from experience. Yeah, that is true too. Yeah. Um, the bureaucracy that we've allowed to, to, to be built and to thrive at our expense is beyond anybody's understanding. Yeah. Like it's been described to me, um, that the bureaucracy pushing for these things within our provincial government here in Alberta, uh, there's like a thousand executives and six of them are conservative. 
uh, as in six of them out of a thousand, and that's obviously exaggerating, but very yeah. few are, are on this side. The other majority of this bureaucracy, they just think everything's fine or they're benefiting from it. And so why would they want to stop, right? So we've created this huge freight train that's barreling down the tracks and it ain't going to stop quickly. And before it stops, there's going to be some black Jeep Grand Cherokees that get hit by that train. And there's going to be some damage and some carnage. But it will stop eventually. And uh, and we can we can right some wrongs. But that's why it hasn't been stopped. Yeah. yeah. Well, we have to survive. You know, survival is not just a democratic process, right? It's not like if 51% of people will vote for somebody who tells me that that uh, I can like protect my children, then I'm going to protect my children. No, I'm going to protect my children right now. Yeah. And it, you know, it, it, it comes, it comes down to that. I mean, it, I think that in many ways we're seeing a, a, a an absolute crisis of legitimacy. I mean, I literally sat in a penalty hearing with the college here. I, I set down my income three years ago. Like I just did it because I knew it had to be done. Yeah. Right. And, and now here, three years of working around the clock, you know, now having a big impact, saving lives, helping fix things, you know, helping develop the science, looking at the autopsies, helping the families, seeing the, you know, the widowed people and, and, and the people whose kids are dads, all that stuff. Here I'm doing all that, income free. And then I'm, I'm, I, I, get, I, I once in a while I got to go to these hearings where they pretend that they're right about everything and, and they're going to, and they're going to, prosecute me right yeah. well it's just complete illegitimacy because for instance one of the things is i wrote some exemption notes now it's very interesting because i wrote exemption notes after i spoke and met, spent hours on legal committees and medical and science committees and i looked at what are human rights and i think and i realized like well people don't need an exemption note because it is against the law that's to right. inject somebody with something they don't want. It's against yeah. international law, federal law, provincial law, and the rules of the College of Physicians and Surgeons, mm -hmm. as well as the Hippocratic Oath, all major religions, and basic morals. But so for me to be, so I wrote notes that said this, this person, now, first of all, I had to know, do you want the shot? People, if somebody says, I don't want the shot, I said, well, are you being coerced to take the shot? Are you you're being told you have to take a shot, but you don't really want it. They're like, yeah. I'm like, well, that makes it against the law for me to give you the shot or anyone. So I wrote, this person's being coerced. They don't really want the shot. Therefore, they're exempted because it's a crime to inject them. I didn't realize so, that was this, how you wrote those. That's exactly how I wrote them. I was I was making a point. And literally, I sat with constitutional lawyers from multiple countries. I didn't do it lightly, but not much needed to be said. Mm -hmm. So, So here I am in a hearing with... The organization whose job it's supposed to be to make sure that people don't commit medical assault, that nobody would give someone a coerced treatment. Yeah. And they're like trying to whip me in the public as if that makes it right, as if that makes the shot safe and effective, etc. So it's a crisis of legitimacy. That's not legitimate. Yeah. Right. You could say you could say, oh, Peter McCall, we're taking away his license. That doesn't change the fact that I legitimately know that man is a major expert on these subjects and I trust him and I would trust him with my kids lives. Yeah. Question is, are the courts legitimate? Well, it, I hope so. But we're that the, the jury's out on that. And I'm trying to get message to judges. Okay. Hey, guys, your grandchildren are on the line, too. So quit protecting your pension and do your job and look yeah. at the reality of things and make honest judgments. Yeah. Is the government even legitimate? I don't know. 
I don't know. But either way, we have a right and a duty to survive either way. And if, if, if it isn't our government, then it isn't. We'll see. We're testing for legitimacy, trying to restore things. But um, I think no matter what, we have to behave like sane human beings and work together for our survival and to thrive. And we have to overcome our enemies. We can't let people just run around trying to kill our grandkids. And, and, you know, this, the sad part is the letters of exemption, exemption notes, however you want to call it. Even if you brought those into, you know, say a restaurant and you showed it to your hostess or you show it to the, 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 the person working at the front at a retail store or whatever, they don't know. And all they know is that the media says, no, you can't let these people in. Right. And, and we were so conditioned for that for a period of time, probably three to six months easy right at the beginning of all the shots and and i don't even know if there was any cases it would be an interesting uh, exercise to see if anybody did go back and try and sue a certain restaurant for uh abiding by the the rules of law uh, well not even law at the time they were just mandates that uh of course i don't i don't know if you know the story behind uh, uh chris's restaurant in in, in basically he was he was forced shut, and uh, long story short, we found out that in July, at the end of July, the Alberta Health Services basically did um, uh, they they weren't really allowed to do what they did, and it only came they out in Alberta. They, they did, did it wrong according to the Public Health Act. So the yes. the mandates and restrictions were deemed ultra-various ultra-various. Of the Public Health Act, So it, 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 illegitimate in yeah. Alberta. And because of that, now it's great. A lot of cases were thrown out. You know, uh, if if uh, a, a guy put on a rodeo, then guess what? Uh, it, that was okay because under the circumstances, and it wasn't the, uh, the medic, chief medical officer; it was the members uh, uh, of the cabinet for the for the government that basically came out with that that rule. And that's not the way it's supposed to be. So. Yeah, you have these the these letters and these exemption notes, but I, if it happens again, all that's really going to happen is the government is going to go. You know what? We screwed up the first time. Now we need to make it better for the next time, and that's that's the issue that I think is going to happen going forward. However, one yeah. thing. Well, there's a lot of things, but one of the things that we are going to absolutely hold our premier's feet to the fire on yeah. is her guarantee that there will never be restrictions in Alberta again, as long as she's the premier and her government is the government. They're not that, you know, they fall through is another thing, but at least the words have been spoken. Yeah. Step one. Yeah, that's true. Uh, And the thing too, for premier Smith, you know, God bless her is that she has the most trustworthy doctors and scientists and others in the country willing to help. Mm -hmm. All she has to do is ask. Yeah. Right. The, the last few years, has really helped us recognize who you can trust. Even I'm not saying other people are trustworthy, but who somehow will survive the mental abuse and keep their wits and their ethics about them. Yeah. Um, and, and to me, that would be the sign, you know, what I, what I, 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 I'm not a politically, uh, a political expert in any way, but you know, I don't, uh, I don't enjoy it much when politicians run for office and get the vote of a bunch of people who are motivated about a subject. And then once they're in, try to just do as little as possible and not rock the boat. 
Oh, we never see that. Who didn't elect them, right? So follow through, you know, you got the job based on a a large group of people support you. Now go ahead and do it because you're going to make your province a better place Mm -hmm. and uh, people are going to see it. And and otherwise, how could you yourself look yourself in the mirror if you get in office and then you don't really take the opportunity? Although I'm sure it's a complicated thing. So mostly I pray for anybody trying to do the right thing. Uh, You know, God speak to them. And uh, if Daniel Smith and her party are trying to do the the right thing, I'll know it because they'll be uh, in my small department, which is the health field. There'll be a migration of a lot of the best doctors in the country. Doctors who have their licenses stripped off them in other provinces will be the very ones you'll want leading your hospitals and leading your health care because you can trust them. Get Charles Hoff and Francis Christian is right next door in Saskatchewan. I mean, one of the best surgeons in our country. Yeah. the founder of the surgical humanities. I mean, this is a guy you want leading medicine and that's what he was doing. And when he did his part and led the way and said, you need informed consent, he ended up just retiring as it got dystopic, but he he would come out of retirement and you could have an amazing surgeon. I'd come in and uh, work in your merge there. You know, that's, mm-hmm. that's what I think yeah. you should do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and you know, kind of to finish off the, uh, this, this whole topic, I think, uh, We'll see what happens tomorrow at the uh, the National Citizens Inquiry. If if uh, we already know what they're going to say, but it's a matter of is the government or the powers that be will actually do anything about it. And that'll be the more interesting thing to see what happens in the next few months. I must admit, for myself personally, the National Citizens Inquiry is the beginning of legitimate government again in our country. So I, yeah. I you know, that's that's how I personally choose. To see it, I'm not again. I'm not waiting for the liars to tell the truth. I'm no. just going to stick with the truth tellers and do the right thing. Um, so yeah, I think the NCI is a very important thing. It is the people's voice, and the people's voice is the real government and democracy. Yeah, yeah. Anything else there, Chris? Uh, I can tell he's just looking through the comments. Yeah. Well, actually, I was looking at. I was thinking about Sheila. Sheila. And yeah, I know. I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't I don't have anything else. Uh, okay. I mean, besides a big thank you for doing what you did. Absolutely. Uh, it, takes, yeah. it takes some balls to stand up against the status quo and certainly some intestinal fortitude of which you probably have lots of both. So thank you. Yes. Well, thanks, gentlemen. And it's, thank I you. mean, we're all on this team doing our part, shooting for survival, and I'll keep uh, I'll keep going. Uh, the, the expert panel that we held today, Mm-hmm. Uh, the the lawyers panel uh, on the plasmid issues and, and a lot of things for for the lawyers, politicians, judges, activists in the country. You're going to want to tap into that one. I mean, probably the whole four hours of expert testimonies up already on the World Council for Health.org website, but yeah. as well over the week ahead, we'll break it into sections. And so, uh, yeah. We'll keep going, guys. Uh, you know, f- freedom and health is the destination. Absolutely. Well, that's awesome. Freedom starts at the individual level. Yes, yeah. it does. Okay. Good. Well, with that, I'm going to say good night, everybody. Thank you so much Take for care, staying on almost the two hours, two hours of riveting information. And uh, share, share, share. And uh, talk to your friends and talk to your, your family uh, about what's going on. And, uh, and have those conversations. We all hate to have those conversations, but it's so important to be doing that right now. So Absolutely. please send us the link and we'll, uh, we'll get this video Absolutely. up on all our platforms too. Thanks for everything we'll do. you do, gentlemen. God bless you. All right. We'll do. Thanks, Dr. Trazzi. Thanks okay. again. All right. All right.
Good night. Good night, everyone.